Welcome to the Byler Bomb Show. I am your host, Austin Byler, and today we have an amazing guest, Coach Gary Powers, former University of Nevada Wolfpack head baseball coach. Coached there for over 31 years, was my coach for two of those years, and he coached over 30 big leaguers, won over 900 games, just some amazing accomplishments. He's in the University of Nevada Athletics Hall of Fame. He basically is the face of Piccoli and built Piccoli Park there at the University of Nevada, and this man is just incredible. He's been through so much adversity in his life. The mental toughness that he portrays on a day-to-day basis is incredible, and to learn from him as a coach and and to be there on a day-in and day-out basis and to pick his mind was incredible. He taught me a lot of life lessons, and I'm super excited to bring you what we have today on the Bother Bomb Show, so I hope you enjoy. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Byler Bomb Show. I'm your host, Austin Byler, and today we have an extremely special guest, Coach Gary Powers, former head coach at the University of Nevada, Reno. He was my coach for two of my four years there. One of my favorite guys to be around. I mean, over 900 wins as a head coach, Division I head coach, over four regional appearances, coached over 20, 30 big leaguers, plus more guys who got drafted and had the opportunity to go on and play in the major leagues, which is an incredible feat. Um, like I said, over 900 wins, 31 years at the University of Nevada, and somebody who I looked at as a mentor and an advisor for me, and somebody who really cared about my career and those around me. He wanted to do the best thing for the team and the best thing for the guys, and he taught me a lot of life lessons and I may not have wanted to learn those life lessons right away but it helped me mature adapt and learn how to play collegiate baseball and ultimately go on to professional baseball and not skip a step and be kind of left out to dry he really instilled discipline in me and my teammates and it was an amazing time there for those two years and coach Gary Powers man I'm so thankful to have you on here and it's great to have you on the show man well it's my pleasure Austin as always you know we whatever we can do to help uh, get the message across because it's it's pretty basic, you know. You, you know that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, Coach, we'll kind of just start off kind of telling these guys your story, man. I mean, you have a pretty crazy story just from what I remember. I mean, growing up, you 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 started Piccoli. You basically started the University of Nevada Reno's baseball program and led them up to where they are now, a pretty prestigious mid-major in the Division One college level right now, and you've got an amazing story, man. So kind of take us through your career path, going through college, into your coaching career, and, and what led to be a Division One head coach and your passion for the game. Well, I feel, you know, that I was pretty blessed along the way, you know. I mean, uh, <clears throat> baseball baseball was part of my life as far back as I could possibly remember. I, I can remember, remember myself listening to games on the radio when you couldn't see them on TV and having to sit in my parents' car in the driveway so I could, so I could hear a game. And, and uh, you know, every, the game meant so much to me. I mean, I look forward to every game I ever played. And uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, get the opportunity to play at the University of Nevada for uh, Jackie Jensen, who was uh, the most valuable player in the American League uh, at one time. And uh, – so it gave me an opportunity for the last two years of my career as a player to play for him. And it was kind of a unique experience. I talked, told you this before. Uh, he was the kind of guy that had vast knowledge of what it actually took. He was a two-star, two-sports star uh, in college and, and a, obviously a successful guy in, in baseball. And he, he knew what it took to get where he needed to be. And But... You had to extract that from him. He wasn't the kind of coach that 
came to practice every day and say, okay, now this is what we have to do and this is how we have to do it, he would he would say, okay, we're going to throw BP today. But if you wanted to know how to do a specific thing, you kind of had to ask him, and then he had a vast amount of knowledge. So, But I, I cared so much, and I knew what I wanted to do, uh, Austin, from the time I was a you know high school kid that – I knew I wanted to coach. I didn't. I, if I couldn't play, I wanted to coach when those days were over. Yeah. And so I took that opportunity, and I would pick his brain. And I was fortunate because I was one of his guys. He liked me, took to me, and and uh, I went through some tough times, uh, you know, physically when I w- when I was in college. My last year when I played for him, you know, I I uh, came down with uh, testicular cancer, so. I had to deal with that right before I started my uh, senior year in college, and and I did that. Fortunate, knock on wood, uh, the good Lord kept me here and gave me these opportunities, and and I feel so blessed that that I did that, and he got me through that. And from there, I, I, I got to stay on afterwards. He left and went to Cal, and I got to stay on afterwards here at the university for two years and help the guy that that took over who was just one of the football coaches. So it gave me an opportunity. He, he put me out on the road to recruit when I was one year out of college. And so I, I had to hit the ground running. Yeah, seriously. But I, I, you know, it was all good. It was all good for me because I got two years of that experience of that. Uh, and it was exactly what I wanted to do. So I ate that all up. And then I, spent seven years as a high school coach and knew that I wanted to get back to the college level and things just worked out that way for me. And then at, at, I went, I got a junior college job for two years and, and that was an interesting experience. I really liked it that, at that level, but, uh, I lost that job because, uh, they changed in California, they changed the tax laws. And so they, cut back on expenses and it just happened to be at the same time that Nevada was looking for a baseball coach and it worked out that I got this job but back back then there was no field on campus they didn't have any money in the program there were no assistant coaches and at one time you know three or four years into my my time here uh they were going to drop the program and I think you know that story you know yeah and I I rallied some forces uh through my time, not only as a player, since I've been around here a lot, uh, and through my, my time as a player, I played for some teams in the summer. And I rallied those guys that just happened to be people in the trades. And and uh, we started a, a fundraising dinner, the Bobby Dolan dinner, and uh, got a, don- a donation from Mr. Piccoli. Uh, was was not, uh, you know, all the money we needed, but he, he gave us – we took – $250,000 and built Bacoli Park. Oh my gosh. Because, because so many people in the in the community I happen to be friends with uh, got behind me and helped me do that and you know we took it from there and and uh, once we had that field I thought we had a chance to build the program. And so 6 years after we built that program, uh, built built the field, we found ourselves in 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 a league uh, the West the the uh, what the I can't remember the Big West Conference at that mm-hmm. time, yes. and that had Fullerton and Long Beach and Santa Barbara and all these big time baseball schools were in the conference. And in 1994, we actually won the conference, our second year in the conference. Wow! Beat be Fullerton, beat uh, Long Beach, and those were great times, you know. But it but it's 
it was a springboard. We went to the regionals for the first time in school history. Yeah. And then from that point in time on, uh, we kind of just got more and more people behind the program. And now Pecolia is what it is now based on a lot of continued development and stuff. So, you know, it's just having the opportunity, you know, and I, and I, and I think you remember me telling you about it. It's, it's about what you do with your opportunity and how hard you want to work, work with the opportunities you have. Yes. That, that you're either going to be successful and you're going to make it work or you're not, you know, and my, my father was a, a coach, a football coach. And so I grew up in a coach's family and I understood what work ethic was all about. I understood what discipline was all about and I understood what commitment to, to a philosophy and, and principles were all about. And I just used those experiences, the experiences of other people. And I took it to heart and I was, I, you know, think about that. Sometimes I'm not as smart as a lot of people think, but you know, I was smart enough to listen to people who had had experience at doing what they were doing. And that's taken me a long ways, you know? So, that that's that got me through it. So that's kind of a, you know, thumbnail, thumbnail look at, at what I was all about. Yeah, coach, it was really incredible. I mean, the accomplishments that you've had there, taking those teams to the regionals, coaching guys like Chris Singleton, Lyle Overbay, Kevin Kuzminoff, I mean, Daryl Rasner, like a lot of really, really good players who played on to the MLB and and really developed into really good human beings. And something I learned from you, something we just kind of hit on before this conference call was. Basically, there's no shortcuts to success, and that's something that you really preach and something that you not only preach, but you, you implement it in your daily life. So kind of hit on that fact that there's no shortcuts to success. I mean, you had the discipline as an upbringing, and you really instilled discipline into us and our team, and uh, I loved it. I mean, it really helped us develop in life. So kind of hit on that fact of there's no shortcuts to success, and what do you mean by that, that mentality? Well, you know... You, you, you learn things as you go on, you know, and you find out everybody. Everybody's kind of the same when it when it comes to let's see if there's a better way to do this, or let's see if there's an easier way to do this, and you know, and and we all we all run into the brick wall when we when we're trying to cut corners or we're trying to do things. We leave out things. We don't pay attention to details. Well, somewhere along the line, that comes up, and is the is the reason why you're not successful. And yes. so you, you got to kind of run into the wall. I'm one of those kind of guys that didn't want to run into the wall that often, you know. So it's like, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. You understand that I didn't make these rules, and and a lot of people that, that I learned from didn't make the rules, but life made the rules. The guy, you know, the the, the good Lord made these rules. You know, He's going to reward you if you deserve to be rewarded. You know, yes. And, and uh, that that comes from doing the things the way they're supposed to be done when you have control of that, you know, and you think that, uh, if you think that it's easy to get to the major leagues, you got, you know, you got another things come. There's no easy way to get there. There's no easy way to get to be the best lawyer in the country or the best teacher in the country or the best coach in the country. There's no easy way to get there. You have to put in, the time, the effort, the energy, make the sacrifices, have the discipline to deal with things sometimes that you don't like to deal with, but you deal with them and you get through them. There's no easy way to handle it. Yeah. So, you know, that 
and that doesn't matter what you want to do. So I understand that, and I've through my experiences and through other people's experiences. So I knew that if you had to have one philosophy that you had to that to stick with is you had to understand if you want to be successful, you got to be willing to work hard to get it. Mm. Yes. No, that is. That's so true. I mean, the hard work, there's no shortcuts to success. You can't just overnight be a phenom in the box or phenom on the mound. you got to put in the work daily. And that involves not only just going to practice, but getting in the weight room, doing your extra work, getting in the classroom, and, and finishing what you started. And I think it's pretty incredible. I mean, a lot of guys go into the college scene, even professional baseball, and they think it's going to be pretty easy. They're like, man, I see these guys on TV, and they're doing it, and they look smooth doing it. And then you get up there and you're like, wow, this is a lot different. And for me, going from a senior in high school and taking that jump into college baseball, it was tough because not only was it cold and windy in Reno, and that was not anything like Arizona, and all of a sudden you got all these guys who are just as good, if not better than you talent-wise, you got to find a way to compete. you got to find a way to get the job done. So, Coach, like, well, that's, that's exactly right, Austin. And, and, and the, the bottom line is, is – Talent balances out somewhere along the line. Ooh. And so it's the detailed things that make the difference in success or failure. And it's like you can't you can't be afraid to 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 do the extra things. It's it's an all encompassing deal, you know. It's not just your talent that's gonna get you there. Talent's gonna take you so far. And then it's the intangibles, it's the details, it's the little things that make a difference that get you by. It's the work ethic, it's the self-discipline, it's the competitive spirit, it's, you know, understanding that not everything's going to go your way. How do you deal with that, you know? I, I have this really firm belief that uh, there's a lot of things in our life that we can't control, but there's a lot of things in the in our life that we can and we need to. And if we don't, then we're not going to get the success that we want. Yeah. I mean, nobody can take you know, nobody can nobody can take away you working hard every day. You know, your attitude. What what attitude do you have for it every day? How much you want to to discipline yourself to uh, to stay focused on the details? How much effort you want to put into finding out how to, to do whatever you do better, you know, and like you said, the weight room, and there's so much that goes into becoming a good player. Talent's only part of it. Talent will only take you so far. Then it's your attitude, your work ethic, you know, your discipline and your attention to detail. And, and then the biggest thing to me is I think you get rewarded by, you know, what kind of a teammate you are, what kind of a guy, you are in, in the eyes of, of your teammates when it comes to a team sport. And as a coach, it's my job to, you know, deal with that. It's my job to ensure that to every player, you know. It's my job to hold people accountable and responsible for their part in the deal. And uh, I was dedicated to that. And sometimes it caused me to have to be some way that I didn't like being, but if I didn't handle it that way, then I would be cheating the people in the long run from getting, possibly getting where they wanted to go. So I stayed committed to that philosophy. 
Yes, and I think the thing that I respect about you the most, most coach, is that you didn't waver. Like you weren't one day this guy, and then the next day a completely different guy. Like you were the same guy every single day. You showed up to the yard, the same guy, ready to work, ready to get us better, and, and ready to instill the discipline and, and accountability into us. I mean, you held us accountable on a day in and day out basis, and some guys may not have liked it, but I think some guys, like for me, I needed it. And I think the fact that I was able to have that for those two years, it helped me really go into the rest of my career, going into the draft process, going into professional baseball, and now into the real world and understand it. At the time, I didn't understand what getting up at 5 a.m. to go work out was. I hated it. But now I get up and go to the gym at 6 a.m. every morning because it's something that's instilled in me. And I think it started there, like just seeing people who succeeded at a high level and how much work they put in, what they did on a daily basis. It was incredible. So, Coach, you talk about the attitude. Now, you went through a lot as a player. Obviously, you went through the testicular cancer. You went through all kinds of deals as a player and a coach. I mean, the program almost got cut three to four times. Um, As we both know, it's not easy to get a lot of funding for mid-majors. And how did you deal with that? How did you maintain a positive attitude on a day-in and day-out basis? Well, I really think that I, I owe that to my, my parents uh, in terms of uh, appreciating the things that you have, whatever that is. I didn't, I didn't grow up with a whole lot as a, as, as a kid. I had what I needed. My parents got me what I needed. Sometimes they didn't have the means to do it, but they found a way to give me what I needed, but they didn't get me extra stuff. And they taught me that if you wanted more, uh, you had to work harder to get it. You know, you had to put yourself in that position. And yes. one thing that, they, that, that he taught me is, as a coach, you, you, you don't ever want to get done doing what you're doing and feel that you didn't give it your best effort from start to finish. And as a coach, there's so many people counting on you to do the right thing and to keep, and to keep doing being consistent, the same guy every day, that was important to me because I didn't think it would be fair to my players and the people around me if they didn't know who I was going to be from one day to the next. Yeah, you know, That would be fair. And I would be cheating them if I – I can't very well ask somebody to do something that I wouldn't be willing to do myself. I never would do that. If I asked you to run up the mountain, it was because I, I was not afraid to go run the mountain run up the mountain yeah you know if i asked you to get up at five o'clock in the morning it was because i wasn't afraid to get up at five o'clock in the morning and and get ready if i asked you to be disciplined if i asked you to be to sacrifice and to have a good work ethic and have a good attitude and be positive every day then i had to be willing to do that same thing and uh sometimes i would come across like i was i was you know holding people accountable so sometimes people would think that as being negative but it wasn't being negative it was being consistent to hold you accountable and responsible for doing it the right way not just doing it but if you're going to do it you might as well do it the right way or you're not going to get the most out of it so i just grew up with those philosophies and i stick with them yeah definitely no it's incredible because you're doing the same thing on a daily basis you're staying consistent you're the same guy and as a coach I think you need to be that way. I think you need to be even keel. I think you need to be the same dude every day because 
as a player, I don't want to go see a coach who's bipolar. You know, he, one day he's yelling at you, the next day he's your best friend. Like, I need somebody that's going to go in there, hold me accountable, and he's going to be the same guy on a day-in and day-out basis because you're the leader of the squad. You're the one that's making those guys go. So thank you for tuning in to the Bother Bomb Show. I hope you're enjoying today's podcast. I just want to give a quick shout-out to some of our sponsors. Harmony Bats, just an amazing bat company out of Charleston, South Carolina. Really just in it for the greater good of the communities, getting into communities, helping that next generation of athletes find some peace, find some love, find some happiness in their game, and just bringing that fun back to baseball. It's amazing to see what they're doing throughout the world, working on some amazing projects, and I'm excited to see what they have coming up next. Check out HarmonyBats.com and use code BILER to receive over 10% off your next order. And then we've got the Positive Vibe Movement. This is just an amazing movement as well, really helping raise awareness for mental health. Um, mental health is so close to my heart and so dear to my heart that I just love this movement. I love what they're about, really helping raise awareness. Everybody's going through a struggle. Everybody has a story, and they're just really trying to help everybody in this world, help them find peace, find love, and find happiness as well. So go check out the positivevibemovement.com. Use code BILER to receive over 10% off of your next order. How important was was it to you to really see the impact that you had in guys? I mean, for me, I still stay in contact with you all the time, and I'm sure a lot of players still reach out to you all the time. You probably see a lot still in Reno. So how important is that to you, kind of building those relationships from that level on up to now, where you kind of kept those relationships throughout your guys' careers? Well, I think everybody's everybody's individual successes become my successes as a a coach. I looked at it that way, you know? Yeah. And it's like, uh, that's where my, you know, my rewards were. My rewards weren't in what I got out of it. My rewards were in what you guys got out of it. And I think that uh, it, the, the big thing, the big thing that I know that uh, I think that everybody that played for us and stayed stuck with it could get out of the whole deal is they knew how they, how, how the, what the reaction was going to be good or bad because it was consistent you know i mean you knew that if you didn't do the right thing or you didn't put forth the effort you were going to be held accountable for it yes it, and and the way to not have me on your tail on a on a daily basis is to make sure you came and you worked your butt off and that you did things the right way to the best of your ability and you never heard a whole lot from me other than pat on the back and your, your successes follow. And so that's, and then and when I see, the one thing that I always tried to make everybody understand is I say, you're not going to understand half this stuff now, but there's going to be a time in your life where something's going to happen to you and you're going to go, now I get it. Now mm. I understand. And you've even told me that, you know? So yes. I, think it's, I think that's really, really important. And that's where coaches, and that's what drove me every day is, when I saw one of my ex-players get a good job, get a new job, make it uh, an advancement in in his in whatever he was doing, this I get as much satisfaction out of successes that the guys that are physical therapists or insurance salesmen or teachers or coaches themselves as I do the guy that the guys that made it into the major leagues because. These lessons aren't just about being successful in sports. Mm. These lessons are about how to go out into life and have a chance to be successful. And then you're going to be able to impart 
those same philosophies and those same principles. So it's it's more than just one a generation. It's constant. It just keeps going, and that's where you get the success as a coach. Yes, no, that's incredible. I love how you hit on that fact of it's not just for baseball, it's for life. So how, like, if there's a coach out there listening to this, young coach, old coach, whatever it is, he's trying to get his players to play well or just to just to be impacted in some sort or aspect of a way. Now, how does baseball prepare you for life? And, and how, as a head coach, can you impact that? Well, the one thing, first thing that everybody needs to understand about baseball, in my opinion, it's – it's a it's one of the greatest sports to teach life lessons because baseball is pretty negative. Yeah, you know what else can a person do in their life and be thirty percent right and be really good at what they do? You know, if you can hit three hundred, that means you're getting three hits in ten at bats. So you failed seventy percent of the time, but you're great. You know, and you're a good player. How many how many people in the big leagues are hitting 300 today? You know, so you got to learn how to deal with tough stuff. You got to learn how to fail. Yeah, you gotta, Ooh, you know, nice. I mean, you have to learn how to fail first before you can, you know, achieve success. And you got to learn how to fail so you know how to be respectful and appreciative of of when you do succeed. Absolutely, and how to do that? You know, so I mean. Baseball's that way, and I think as a coach, you have to stay consistent with that and make them understand, make your players understand that. And the big thing is, back to what we were talking about to kind of, this all intertwines. As a coach, you know, sometimes you, you want to be, you don't, you want to be liked. But that can't be the most important thing for you. You got to, you got to be sure that you're implying the right philosophies, the right fundamentals, the right techniques, the right attitudes, the right, that's more important. And sometimes you can't be somebody's friend to do that because it's tough love. It's the tough love syndrome. Yeah. Sometimes the, the, the best way to teach the most valuable lessons is through tough love. And that's accountability and holding people responsible. And sometimes you have to make people pay the price yeah. so that, you know, if, if, you know, it, it's, it's a kind of success and a reward thing, you know. If the consequences for doing it wrong aren't great enough, you'll keep doing it wrong. Ooh, I love that. Yes. Now, I think what you said there about learning how to fail is extremely huge. I mean, everybody wants to go four for four. Everybody wants to strike out the side. Everybody wants to have all the glory. But look, you don't get the glory unless you go through the failures. You've got to get kicked down and disheveled and, and thrown around just to get back up and see what you're made of. And I think playing in Nevada, playing in an environment where it was pretty cold and the conditions were tough to play in, you got to be a tough player to be able to compete in that area. You'd see a lot of teams, I'm sure you saw way more than me, throughout your career come in and they were just mentally defeated because it was 45 degrees and it was sleeting and it was windy. I remember my recruiting trip coming up my senior year of high school, and it was in May, end of May, and it was sleeting at 45 degrees, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is not Arizona. This is not 75 and sunshine. So I think you just got to be tough, and I think it comes from the top down, and when you have a guy, a leader who you can look up to and is consistent on a daily basis, you can learn these life lessons, and it just goes back to show what you said. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. Like, I didn't get what you were trying to get across at the time, and that's okay, and now 
on like my outside perspective, I get it all. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy like had more of an impact on my career than I ever imagined. And, and it's really helped me just grow as a player and learn that discipline and that self-accountability and self-discipline to continue to push for my dreams even when I get kicked down and when I get knocked down. And I think it's just amazing. So, Coach, kind of take us through that uh, the tail end of your career, man, when you're going through. Um, obviously, I got to spend the last two years with you. How tough was it for you to walk away from the game of baseball? Well, it was, it's been my whole life. Like I told you earlier, since I was, I can, I can remember, you know, I mean, I just, I, I, I really like, I really liked what I did. I mean, I, I loved, I loved being around the game. I loved, I still, I still do. I mean, I still, I still watch as much games as, as I ever have. I still follow it. I always will. I mean, it's, it's still part of my life, but there also comes a point in time when, uh, you look in the mirror at times and you just say, you know what? There's certain aspects of this is getting harder and harder and harder for me to do. The fundraising part, the, you know, the on the road recruiting and, and uh, having to deal with certain types of administrations and the stuff that goes with it. And uh, yeah, you have to have the same energy to the point where it doesn't negatively impact you. And so I never, ever wanted to get Austin to the point where I thought that I was cheating the system, cheating me, cheating, mm. cheating the players, cheating the program, you know. And I, and, it, and I always told myself, you know, when it's not fun anymore, and, and it was never not fun being on the field and teaching the game and teaching life lessons and, and getting around the game and, and the players and being around the, 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 the kids and stuff like that, I – that's what I miss. But all the other peripheral stuff got to be a grind on a daily basis. And I got to the point where I just didn't have the same fire to, to keep battling with it. And I said, okay, it's time for me to let somebody else do it that, that, that will have to figure that out. And I wasn't going to ever be in a, put in a position where somebody said came up and said to me, "Hey man, you just you just never gave us the same effort today, you know." Yeah. And so I, before that ever happened, I just said, "It's it's time. It's the, the time has come to do that, you know. It's just it's it's somebody else's time to to do those things I didn't I didn't like to do anymore. Yeah. And I never wanted to walk away, you know, unhappy with it. So I I was fortunate to be able to, you know. Uh, to, to do it that way, you know, and, and, and I think it has maintained my positive attitude towards what it was all about in the first place, because I, I didn't get to that point where I didn't like it because that would have been horrible. Yeah, definitely. You don't want to hate what you do. And when you're in a position where you can impact 25 guys, plus a coaching staff, plus a whole community, like you want to be your on your A game as much as possible, and we're obviously not all going to be on our A game every day. But we want to bring what we have on that day, whether it's sixty percent or one hundred and fifteen percent. We want to bring it every day. So, coach, what drove you every day as a coach? I mean, you obviously had this incredible work ethic. You were instilled that self discipline from a young age. But what drove you to go to the field and to help impact the next generation of ball players every single day? Well, you know, I, I just had there's some personal pride in it too, you know. I mean, you you want you you accept you accept I can't ex accept my players, expect them to have 
to accept responsibility and me not expect accept the responsibility. And so that's what drove me. I just accepted the responsibility that that job held. And I, and I was going to give you a hundred percent of what I had that day. Mm. I was going to give you that every day. Yes. And that's what drove me. You know I mean? Yeah. Not every day did, did you feel good? Not every day was everything going the way you wanted it to go. But it was my job, because I could control this, it was my job to give myself and everybody around me 100% of what I had at that time and then deal with the other stuff the way you had to deal with it. And uh, I never wanted to not do that. And I don't think I ever did do that. You know, So yeah. that's the important thing right there is that's what drove me is I had a firm commitment and a firm belief in giving everything I had every day for as long as I could. Yes. And that, that's, that's what drives you every day. You know, it's, 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 uh, I had 35 guys counting on me. That was important to me that I respected that. And because I respected that I had a commitment to you guys. You know, I made a commitment when I, recruited you i made a commitment to do the best i could to help you get to be the best you could be and 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 i was not going to let you or anybody else and probably more importantly i was going to let myself down because you got to look yourself in the mirror every day yes and so that's that's what drives you that's what should drive you yeah no definitely and i mean the fact that you gave me an opportunity coach when nobody else would i had an offer to go to as a little backstory, I had an offer to go to Paradise Valley Community College, and that was my only offer really out of high school. I could have walked on to a couple universities, but I didn't. I wasn't highly recruited. And then I got to come up on my recruiting visit. I got to go in and meet you. And at the time, man, it was like you were this legendary figure because I went in. I remember it was 8 a.m. Um, went in there like right before like my dad was outside, so it was just me, and I was like intimidated. I was scared. I was like, oh my gosh. And now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is really like he gave me a chance to go do what I love every single day, and he molded me into not only just a baseball player but a human being. Like you have this opportunity as a coach to go out and shape the next generation of men and or women if you're if you're a woman's coach and you have this incredible opportunity there where you're with these guys more than your actual family. Like we're together all the time and it's unbelievable. Um, but I kind of want to shift gears here a little bit to your wins, man. You have over 937 wins. I'm just going to let you know, coach, if you would have stuck around two more years, we would have got you to a thousand. <laughs> uh, and, I, and, I, and I never won one of those games. It was all, it's all, it's all about you. You know, I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by guys that, eventually bought into the whole deal and, and did everything that they needed to do to help us be able to do that, you know, and that's the way I looked at it. This was an us thing, wasn't a me thing. Yes. And, I, and that's how I believe that. And your story, your story as a, as a player at the University of Nevada through my 31 years, we have 20 some guys that have played in the big leagues and numerous others that got a chance to play professional baseball, which was their aspiration. But most, if not all of them, came from the same background that you did. And I I think the one thing that makes me feel as good as I could feel is that we had that many people have that success when they were coming from backgrounds just like you where nobody else was recruiting them. So 
we think that the way we did things and the things that we stilled into in, into people helped them get to there when nobody else would have thought they had had a snowball's chance in heck to do that. You know, yeah. That's that's satisfaction in itself, right there. You know, and and all those wins came because everybody enough guys wanted to buy into the same philosophies we've been talking about here and and took on that same personality and that same air and had that same mental toughness and had that same dedication and drive and desire to be successful so so it took us into a situation where we could compete against teams that were loaded with guys that were recruited by tons of people and we still could go out there and not only compete against them but could be successful against them because of the intangibles that we've talked about right from the start, the mental toughness, the work ethic, the sacrifice, the discipline, the dedication, and the attention to detail. That's how, that's how you're, that's how you overcome a lack of talent. And, and I don't care what you're in, you have a chance to be successful, even though you might not have as much talent as the next guy here and there you still have the opportunity to attain the same kind of successes. Absolutely. I think it doesn't really matter how talented you are, like you said. I think developing that mindset and something we're doing with Major League University and our mission is to provide athletes, mainly youth athletes, but all athletes, honestly, um, a mental toolkit, man, something that they can take into the game to develop their confidence, to develop their discipline, their mental toughness, and to get through the struggles of the game. Because like you mentioned earlier, three out of ten times, you're a Hall of Famer. I mean, you're an all-star and you're doing an amazing job. And you've failed seven out of the ten times, which is incredible. There's no other sport like this. And it really does develop you for life. It helps you handle those pressures on a day-in and day-out basis with fans. And we go down to UNLV, man, and they're just reckless down there. you got the 335 club like just in your ear the whole game. And you've got to deal with it. You've got to learn how to overcome the adversities in the game. So, Coach, what was one of the most – memorable moments that you had throughout your coaching career if you could think of maybe one or two um, throughout your career that really stand out to you what is like kind of some of the most memorable moments that you had yeah I, I don't know if I could even pinpoint uh, you know one or two or three you know I had in my opinion uh, I have I, I felt that there was tons of memorable moments but you know just knowing this uh, the very first time that we I, I can remember being at the University of California at Santa Barbara, and we had to go into Santa Barbara with our 1994 team, and we had to sweep Santa Barbara at Santa Barbara uh, to, to win the conference to, to ensure that we would have a chance to go to the regionals for the first time in school history. Wow. And I, and I can remember on Friday, we had a one-run lead, and uh, they had the bases loaded and nobody out. And we couldn't afford to lose again. I'm thinking there, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, somehow, some way, we got to figure our way out of this or else a lot of this hard work is going to be, you know, kind of for naught sometimes, you know. Yeah. And to have that happen on Friday, that could be devastating for the rest of the weekend. Well, somehow, some way, we got out of that bases loaded and a jam situation and they didn't score a run and we won that game. And wow. then the next two days we 
played very well and won those two games and won the conference. Just the knowing how hard those kids worked and how much they'd accomplished and to see that joy on their face Mm. uh, was something else. And then getting the opportunity to go to a storied program like the University of Texas and have to play in the regional at University of Texas uh, when nobody would have just, how the heck did this team get to this place? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so even though we lost the game that we played against Texas, just knowing what it was like with 11,000 people standing on top of the dugout, yelling at us and screaming at us. And for five innings, we had the lead and how quiet the place was and how hard it was because they were spitting in our dugout and throwing things in our dugout and yelling at our kids and stuff. And Oh my God. You know, it was just a great experience to see the culmination of all the stuff we've talked about being at play. Now, they came back and beat us, but just the experience of seeing, hey, we're here. We've finally got to where we needed to be. It was a great experience, just a great experience. So, And then I was fortunate to have a whole lot more of them as time went on. But that's just kind of a thumbnail look at what this is all about and the and just the elation and, and seeing the smiles on the face and the and how kids react to that at 18 years old to 21 years old. And every one of them became successful. So because of that, you know, so that's that that's one that's one highlight that I could tell you about. Absolutely, Coach. And I think it's pretty incredible to go down to a place like that where it is ruthless and cutthroat and you've got to find a way to win. And you guys went down to Santa Barbara, and, and basically that was the start of the whole history of the program. I mean, we see it on the wall in the in the clubhouse. You see it on the on the fence, on the field at Piccoli Park, and there's so much history there. And I and I love to think about the Piccoli magic because every time we played there, somehow, some way at night, we always found a way to win in late inning games. And it was just really fun to see that when we were at home. I mean, playing at Piccoli Park, playing under the lights, and being in that environment with that community, it was an incredible feeling and an incredible accomplishment for you and myself just to be a part of that program. And you've built this legacy. You built that program. And, and obviously, you don't want to take the credit, obviously, because the players are the ones that are playing. But look, you put them in a position to succeed. And I think that's something that you should be extremely proud of and that I'm extremely thankful for is you put us in a position to succeed. I mean, my freshman year, I wasn't even supposed to play. I got lucky enough that some things happened with some other guys where I got an opportunity to play. And that's making the most out of the opportunity. So for you, kind of going from a junior college and, and hoping for an opportunity, what does it mean to take the most or make the most out of an opportunity when you get one? Well, that's why when I walked away from the deal, I knew that I had done as much as I could possibly do. Mm. And so I sit, I can sit here today five years later and still feel good about everything that had been accomplished and, and, and that I did do the best I possibly could to put you guys in a position to be successful and, and that's all I could possibly do. And that's, that's, you know, really what it was all about. And, and, and to know where we were when I was sitting in a meeting, uh, in the, in the mid eighties and having somebody tell me they were constant, they were contemplating dropping a baseball program and then walking into Pacoli park right now 
to see everything that's there and being a part of having made sure that everything that's there was there. Uh, I can't, I, mean, I can't, I can't complain. I, I'm blessed to have had that opportunity. Absolutely, Coach. It's incredible what you've done over the course of your career, man. I'm so just incredibly proud of you and thankful to have the opportunity to play for you for two years. And I know the guys or my teammates are for sure would say the same thing, that they're just extremely grateful and thankful to be able to play for a coach like you, man. And you taught us a lot of life lessons, Coach. So the final question, man, that I want to ask you, what's the what's the impact that you hoped to have on your guys throughout your whole 31 years, every athlete human being that you coached developed helped them find their way in life what's the overall impact that you hope that you had in their lives well that they could have this conversation that you and i are having right now and that uh and that you knew that uh you had a positive uh impact on on what they are all about today you know and uh, that that means I, I feel it's been my pleasure to have that opportunity uh, to have had that opportunity for for the 42 years that I actually served as a coach. It has been all my pleasure. It's been all a lot of hard work. Don't get me wrong, you know. Yeah. And, there, and there's been some ups and downs, but it's been I never went to work for 42 mm. years. I got a chance to do something. That was my passion. So I never looked at my 42-year career as a coach as having to go to work. And and I don't think that a whole lot of people in this world can say that. So I feel blessed and and it's been an unbelievable honor and a pleasure for me to be involved with so many tremendously, you know, wonderful human beings and having a part of their being a part of their life and stuff is I can't, you can't get greater rewards than that. So that's what I take away from it all. Oh, yeah. That's got to be the greatest feeling in the world, man. Knowing that you've impacted so many people throughout your career, it's just awesome. 42 years as a coach, that's a lot of kids that you had the opportunity to impact. And I think anybody out there listening, time flies. And, and each day, each minute, each hour gets longer and longer and, and you've got to find a way to deal with it. You've got to find a way to be the best person you can be in that situation. And I think you did an amazing job as, as a coach doing that, helping a lot of young athletes find their way in life. And now you've left just an absolute legacy and impact at the University of Nevada. And to see what's going on there now, I mean, they've got off to a hot start. And it's just a really cool place. It's really evolving. The, the city's growing. The campus is growing. And I love seeing what's going on there. I'm so excited for the program. So, Coach, thank you so much, man, for, for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to have you. I'm so grateful for everything you've done in my career and my life. And it's awesome that we can sit here and talk. I could sit here and talk for five hours with you, to be honest, and not get tired of it. So being able well, to just call that. you, it's man. Been, it's an honor and a pleasure for me to be part of it. And, and any time that I could offer anything of assistance, you know, you know that you can make a call. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to the Bother Bombs show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did with Coach Powers. He just really offered some amazing insight on mental toughness, the mental side of the game, just developing a game plan and sticking and holding true to your values and being who you are, being where your feet are. So if you really enjoyed this podcast, please go share, like, and subscribe. We need to get this out to more people. They need to hear this and really just help impact their lives, their gameplay, everything that they're doing. So thank you for tuning in. Go ahead and share, like, and subscribe this, and we'll see you next week.